went into a well-known investor's office in LA and I was, you know, really enthusiastic. Like I'm going to change the supplement industry and I'm going to have a family and it's going to be amazing. And, and long pause, like, whoa, 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 you can either start a family or you can build a business, but you're not going to do both. On today's episode, we have Kat from Ritual, who single-handedly built a business from nothing to something. She took her passion to create something of value that revolutionized the supplement industry. From being told no to making it work, stay tuned to hear more. Welcome to Building Billions, where we cover the risks and rewards of success. Hi, Kat. Welcome to Building Billions. Grateful to have you here. Thanks for having me. Excited to dive right in. Absolutely. So you have built a phenomenal brand. Why don't you walk us through that journey so far? Yeah, for sure. So I think for those of the listeners that haven't heard of Ritual, Ritual is a health and wellness company that is setting a new standard in the supplement industry through traceable science and traceable sourcing. My personal journey is I started the company when I was four months pregnant with my daughter, Tali. I now have three girls under seven and a company. I like to say that I'm the mother of three girls and ritual. And <laughs> I was I was pregnant. I was an investor here in LA running a fund with Troy Carter. And he'd invested in over 70 companies, everything from Uber, Dropbox, Warby Parker, Spotify. And I always knew I wanted to be entre an entrepreneur, but I didn't have that idea. And there was nothing that was like keeping me up all night. And when I got pregnant, that all changed. And I couldn't find a prenatal vitamin that I trusted. And I knew that we all deserved better. And so I set out to not just reinvent the prenatal, but really set a new standard in the supplement industry. So when you're entering in a, an industry like the supplement industry, what was that like, especially as a new mom? Like that's, that's no easy feat. Entering the supplement industry was wild. <laughs> I knew everything <laughs> from technology industry, having been an investor, like it was probably a lot, it was a lot easier for me to go and hire a CTO than it was to find a chief scientist. And so it was really for me starting from scratch and I think what kept me going was just this kind of intense passion for what I was doing and knowing that I was going to turn over every single stone. And I think a good example of that was we actually launched a multivitamin for women 18 plus as our first product, not, not the prenatal. And the reason for that was we wanted to earn the trust of the prenatal consumer. And I often say that that first product is, which is our flagship product, is such a great case study of what we're doing differently in the industry and kind of just doing the right thing at every twist and turn. And so that product now has USP verification, which less than 1% of supplement companies have. It also has a clinical study conducted with a major university. And then on top of that is peer reviewed and published. And then we also got a patent on the delivery technology. And so entering the supplement industry was totally wild, but it was also really an amazing thing that I didn't have that background because it made me question every single thing that companies and people were doing. 
And I knew that I wanted to do things the right way. And so a big part of that was hiring the right people. And so we now have 20 scientists on staff, everything from people on quality, regulatory, PhDs and nutrition, and then PhDs in physiology. And, and that was really important to me was really figuring out the science and hiring the right people that knew, knew the science really well. So within that science landscape, especially if your background was more focused in not a science background than coming into the space, um, I believe you have a math and economics background. Mm-hmm. Um, and now you have science, you're wearing a science hat, which is phenomenal. It was rooted in passion. How did you navigate that? Like, how did you communicate with these people that were outside of the scope, but you you had something you needed from them? It's a great question. So for me, I've always been passionate about health. I'm not a scientist, but I've always been passionate about health and and wellness. And I, when I was younger, my mom actually got uh, breast cancer and was really went deep in nutrition, psychology, physiology, and all these different elements of health. And I went deep with her and became kind of like a scientist myself. Uh, and actually my, I was on chemistry like in high school, if that counts. And I think- <laughs> Love it, I'll take it. <laughs> Super it's better than most. Um, and I think the applied math background made me hyper analytical in everything that I've ever done. You know, spreadsheets <laughs> for absolutely everything. And I also went into investment banking, but it was almost- nice and partnering with leading scientists because I added, I was kind of an investigator. I was more of the skeptic and partnering with a scientist created that perfect dynamic for me early on to be like, Hey, what, what haven't we looked at? I know you've done things this way. I know the industry has done things this way for for decades, but what would you want to do if you could start from scratch? And What was interesting for me when I got pregnant was I was this highly analytical analyst person. And when I got pregnant, it kind of subdued that part of the brain for me. And I became more creative, which I actually sometimes think allowed me to start start ritual. And I dove really into brand building and storytelling and connecting with consumers. And so it was kind of the perfect partnership, partnering with, with a scientist early on because I could... I knew the consumer. I was the consumer. I was an analyst and a skeptic. You could speak to the pure pain point, right? Like you understood. I was there. I was. Uh, I gave birth to my son nine months ago. And for me, in that moment, you have so much creativity space where you're like, I need something. I, I need an answer. Um, and to found your company through that, that energy is fantastic. A hundred percent. And when you're pregnant, there's something inside of you and, and, you're thinking about something greater than yourself mm-hmm. for the first time, for the first time in your life. Yeah, it goes and, from like it's like a splitting of atoms that happens where you literally are no longer this one one person. Now you're 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 walking outside of your body, like your heart is entirely, um, and you're watching it flourish. And you want to put the best in their bodies as well. Exactly, and I think that's what really kind of inspired me, and in 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 a way was a really big gift for me because I was able to let go of that analytical mindset that was 
very methodical to this cre- more creative mindset and, and hey, you know what? You can start a company. Who cares if you're pregnant? You can start a company and you can actually change this industry and change the quality of what people are putting in their bodies. And, and that's huge. Absolutely. So then talk to me about that. You're in your eight, four months into being pregnant. You have this energy of like, I need to create something because there's a void in the market. How did investors, how did people respond to your idea? So when I was pregnant, I was raising our first round of funding and I went into a well-known investor's office in LA and I was, you know, really enthusiastic. Like I'm going to change the supplement industry and I'm going to have a family and it's going to be amazing. And, and long pause, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> You're like, I'm going to change the world. I'm going to change the world. Come on, bring it. And he was like, whoa, 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 you can either start a family or you can build a business, but you're not going to do both. Why is it that people believe that you can't do both? Why is it a rhetoric that you can do it all? Look, I think women have always been doing it all. And the best example is my mom, you <laughs> raised us. She was working on Wall Street. We were immigrants. I was actually born in Ukraine and we were refugees. We moved here, lived in a welfare hotel in Brooklyn. My mom didn't speak English and she ended up going to business school, tagging me along to to school there, which was, I hated, but (laughs) Uh, my mom went to Columbia University in New York and that entire process speaks to me on so many levels. Yeah, there's that, there's like that connect. I, also, there's a strong connection when you, <laughs> you feel that with somebody else. It's like that immigrant hustle or the first yeah. or second generation, like that comes from immigrant family that's ingrained in, in your, in your mind. And, you know, for me, my mom was the best example of someone who did it all. And I, and I was really inspired by that. But on the flip side, as, someone who was raising venture capital and was pregnant and was also wanting to build a family at that same time, there was really no examples of other women that I, that I looked up to who who had done that at that time. It was really rare. And I think a really, a story that, that I think about is, was a TechCrunch Disrupt. So Ritual was a finalist at TechCrunch Disrupt before the company launched. And I I just had given birth recently at that time. So I was still breastfeeding and I was pumping. And I go to this conference with, you know, a lot of <laughs> entrepreneurs and and mostly mostly men. A lot of dudes. A lot of dudes. Every time I go to the conferences, it's a lot of dudes. Yeah, it was mostly dudes. Uh, and <laughs> at the time, you know, this was this was seven plus years ago. So seven years ago, and it, things have changed a lot since then. But at the time, they didn't know what to do with me. I was like, "Do you guys have a pump room? Is there somewhere like I could store my breast milk?" And it was just, you know, people were just like in shock, and I I was literally pumping. At first, I was pumping on the top of a broken uh, elevator, and the second time, I was pumping in a, in a in a closet with wheelchairs. And I was like, "Well, this is really symbolic." Um, and yeah, it makes you feel real great in the moment. I found a closet in the middle of nowhere between meetings that I could pump, and then someone walked in. And I was like, "Don't mind me; I'm fine here." 
<laughs> yeah, and it, it shouldn't be that way. And so I think just going back, it's it was it was hard. It was almost like I was paving my own path. I didn't have somebody to to look at and be like, oh, this person did that. This person had three kids and raised $50 million in venture funding. I can do that too. And I had a lot of founders uh, reaching out to me and saying, oh my gosh, I'm, I want to have a kid too. Should I do it? Is it scary? Like, can you do both? And, and that kind of became my MO is like, yeah, we can, we can do both. We can do both really well. And, and we should. And we can own that space, creating space and being, being the person that others can look up to. So they don't feel alone, like, like we did, or you did in the moment, like you get to be that champion for this next generation of mothers who can do it all. They can, they can absolutely do it. It's hard, but, but we can do it all. And I think seeing people like yourself or myself for this next generation is really, really important. It's, it's a necessity. It's a necessity because if we want businesses impacting women's health or other areas that I think sometimes women are, are the best people to, to start those businesses because they've had that personal experience, then they, they need to have the ability if they want to start a family and build that business. And if they don't see somebody else doing that, then actually means that less companies are going to be founded in these areas that really, really matter. Especially the um, conversations around having a child. In that moment, a lot of female founders, the ones that I've spoken to, are up against it emotionally. And there's an insecurity that breeds where you have to prove yourself afterwards because you're taking time off. It's not taking time off. You're literally raising a human. Like, it's this beautiful process of navigating your mind and, and how the world perceives you. Totally. And I think having a kid or kids has made me a much better founder. It's made me a better CEO. It's made me a better partner to our executive team and to our company. And it's helped create the culture that of a, a company that I would have wanted to work for. And I think that that is really important. You're building a community and your community has, has shown you that it's grateful for it. And that's fantastic. When you were pregnant and VC said no, how did you navigate that and then go forward and keep going forward till you got what you needed? One of our values at Ritual is embrace the nose. And I like to think in many ways that that experience of someone telling me, no, you can't start a family and a business actually unlocked something in me. It was fuel. And when I, when I say our values embrace the nose, it actually... What we say is that if someone tells you no, it just means it hasn't been done before. I think that's really important information and <laughs> kind of unlocked a lot of other future examples of that for me that were, were really pivotal to shaping the, co the company. For instance, I really wanted to buy ritual.com, the domain. I thought it was really important that we weren't just a pregnancy brand. I actually changed the brand from Needles to Ritual. And it was really important to me that we built them one of the most trusted brands for everyday health. And to do that, 
I wanted to own ritual.com. I wanted to own ritual across every social platform, not something, not get ritual or buy ritual or get No, help. you wanted to own your space. <laughs> exactly. It was so important to me. And, and I remember at the time our investors were like, stop wasting your time on this stuff. Like focus on real building the product. And of course I was still building the product, but I really wanted to build a, a meaningful lasting brand that was iconic. I, went to the owner of ritual.com and he'd owned a gaming company at the time. And he was like, no way. And this is going to be incredibly expensive. You like you, I'd have to spend all the money I just raised at the time basically to, to buy it. And then I just kept calling him. I kept calling him every week, every night. Like I got to know everything about his kids. And then I really understood what made him tick. And and then he was like, you know what? And he opened up to me and he was like, you know, I want this other domain that I've been trying to get and I haven't been able to get it. And I was like, well, what if I get you that domain and then we could trade? And so then I spent the next <laughs> while, next month or so, finding the person that owned that shorter domain that was actually more valuable and I, I got that domain from from the other guy and I traded and and I got ritual.com, the beginning stages of the company. And it was just such a great um, kind of continuation of this idea. It was that- a win. It was an emotional win. You won your space. Exactly. And that... <laughs> I see the fire right. in your eyes. <laughs> You're like, I owned it. <laughs> yeah, it was the start of, it would like kind of unleash the beast in a way. Like it was like, oh, wow. If you really, you know, if you're told no, and, and that was something that was constantly fueling me, I, I was like, anytime that would happen, I was like, okay, I'm going to try to get this. Like You're telling me no? Great. I'm going to figure this out. You just don't understand it yet. And so that became a pattern and it became kind of ingrained in the DNA of our company. That's amazing. So walk me through what the pitch process is like and what you would give as advice to someone who is up going up against a lot of no's in the VC landscape. So the pitch process is different for every every company. I would say the process for Ritual was the truth was I was doing it wrong in the beginning. Even though I'd been an investor, you'd think I, I knew what I was doing. I was doing it all wrong. I was so focused on what I was going through as a, you know, a, a pregnant person at the time and the life stage that I was in. And I was literally the whole company was around that. I named the company Natals. It was all around pregnancy. That's fine. And that's a, you know, meaningful business that's going to that would have changed the lives of so many people and been substantially large, probably financially. But I wasn't thinking beyond that. And that's that was an interesting moment and advice that I would give to a future entrepreneur is like, think about, don't think about just what you're in, but think about the next five years, five, 10 years. Like, what do you want this company to be? And I remember kind of just like not sleeping at night thinking about what is it that this will become, not natals, you know, because I got feedback from investors like, this is small. You're not going to build trust <laughs> with the some great head. humans that you were speaking to in the beginning. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I think that was reflective of the industry at the time. I, I think it's changed. There's so many incredible female investors now, and and there's so much more diversity in the VC space than there was 
you know, 10 years ago, which is amazing because that means better companies will be funded. But at the time, yeah, it was wild. It wasn't, it wasn't ideal. And I had come from that world and I knew really well, but I was, I think the pushes were actually really valuable to me because I realized that what I wanted was bigger than that. I wanted pregnancy to be the center of the brand, but for the long term, I wanted to impact that consumer for for their life. And when I thought about the brand and I zoomed out um, and I was up all night thinking like, what's that name? What's that name? What's that name? Not Natals, <laughs> even though I own Natals.com if anyone wants it. I, <laughs> You'll barter you know, for it. <laughs> yeah, just take it. Um, I was like, what's that? What is it that I want to do? And one thought I, I had was, I want to change the way that people interact with the products that they use every single day. And how do you do that? And, and you do that when someone not only uses something every day, but they look forward to it. And that's how the name ritual came about. And it was really this idea of how do you elevate a routine to a habit, to a ritual? And ritual is the pinnacle of that. That's something you you aspire to do every single day. And if we could really change the industry, but change the way that people use their and look forward to taking their vitamins every single day, then we win. And you build that, a habit around the most valuable thing in a person's in, in a person's like it, daily habits, routines, all of those. Like you've made it simple, simple, which is which is really a golden nugget. Exactly. And, and it, it, like you said, it, I was up against a cast of characters and I think I needed that push or I needed that. I needed it to be an uphill battle to really push me. And I, and I, and for future entrepreneurs, I think those obstacles are really what help push you to think bigger and, and think more deeply because you need that. If everything was just easy all the time, you really wouldn't be building a best-in-class products. You wouldn't be building best-in-class products. You wouldn't be building a best-in-class brand. So then within that process for a new entrepreneur, what are three pieces of advice you would say are non-negotiable? So three pieces of advice that I would give a new entrepreneur would be trust your instincts, to embrace the chaos, and to get gritty. And trust your instincts is a really important one. It seems like obvious and a little cliche because everyone's like, trust your instincts. And you're like, yeah, whatever. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) But it is one that I feel like as even in later stages, something that I always need to be reminded of. I feel lucky we have an incredible board at Ritual. and, And there's somebody on the board that reminds me of that all the time. And, and he has like an incredible ability of allowing me to tap into my instincts. Uh, and so that's something that I've kind of learned early on is you, you know, better than anyone else. Sometimes as the founder of the company, you know, better than anyone else as a mom, of a, as a mom, I was going to say a mom. <laughs> <laughs> so they're very connected. Right. And, yeah. and so I think that my instincts have almost never been wrong, but but I've not always trusted them. And I think that, you know, whether it's hiring somebody or launching a product, you the best work you can do as an entrepreneur is really to deeply tap into those instinctual feelings. 
because you have to make decisions every step of the way. And if you're not deeply tapped into those instincts, you can't make good decisions. What else did I say? I said, um, gritty, <laughs> get gritty. Oh, get gritty. Yeah. That's another one of those ritual values is getting gritty. I think for me, grittiness as an immigrant, I saw my family like roll up their sleeves at all times. My dad actually became an entrepreneur when I was younger and such an incredible moment for me was going to his office, seeing all his employees and then leaving with him at the end of the day and seeing him take out the trash. <laughs> like, Honestly, that- the biggest secret as a CEO or a founder is that you are equally the janitor and the CEO, like at every moment, that's it. That's your job. You clean up. Like <laughs> <laughs> exactly exactly like chief janitor that's what that's what we are <laughs> but it was it was definitely eye-opening for me to see oh wow you know he's the quote-unquote boss but he is also the one that takes out the trash in his office and I think that was you know that was ingrained in me at an early age and I would say that I'm in it with my team I'm not you know, if there's a problem, I'm rolling up my sleeves and working with them on the solution. And that's what you have to do. Being a boss doesn't mean or a CEO that you're like just telling people what to do. You're actually inspiring them to do better work by, by example. And, and being I think the best version of you in that process, especially when you have a company uh, founded so heavily in, in investing in people. Um, it's pretty, pretty magical. Yeah. And there's a kind of fine balance, I would say, like, you don't, you don't want to micromanage, you don't want to do everything, but you do want to be able to show that you can roll up your sleeves, that you can set an example and, and then inspire people to continue that work. <laughs> what, inspi- just- what inspires you now that you've been doing this for quite a while? I think you started what, 2014? Um, what inspires you now? What keeps you going? Yeah. So we launched the company just over six years ago. And I would say, I mean, I'm mostly inspired by really the work that we've done in the industry, knowing that people are putting something inside their body every single day and that we're creating best in class products in that, in this category that inspires me. I would say more recently, what's been really inspiring me is the work that we're doing in traceability. And so I think when you think of the brand, you might just think of, you know, transparent vitamins or transparent products, but what we're really selling is transparent information. And the last year, we've doubled down on that promise. And and most recently we launched our certificate of traceability, which is an online tool and people can actually look up their products and see all the testing that's been done. They can see for, for protein, for instance, an industry that is notoriously high in heavy metals, especially plant-based protein. They can even see the heavy metal results for our our plant-based protein on our site. You can see the sustainability of the materials of the packaging. And that really inspires me. It feels like our work is never done. Every year, every month as a business, we're constantly doubling down on that on that promise, on that mission, and it just gets better and better. And so where we started, which was traceable sourcing, where you can go to our site and see where the ingredients are coming from in the world and why they're there. And that was there since the beginning. We've evolved that 
to so much more. And, and we mo- most recently became a B Corp certified company, which is so huge and such a rarity in this industry. And it's just a great example of how we're setting a higher bar. Walk me through a moment in your in your whole journey where you weren't sure whether to continue or not. Wow. <laughs> That's such a challenging question. <laughs> I don't think there was a moment where I had an option to not continue. That's beautiful. <laughs> I think it's I think the stakes are really high when you're creating something that people are putting in their body every single day, especially pregnant people, postpartum people. I know that the products that we're creating are having such a big impact on people's lives and their health. So for me, there was never a moment where I was thinking, oh, you know what? I'm not, (laughs) I can't do this anymore. It was always like, what can we do better or what can we do different? And I know that drives my team crazy, but I've always brought up this idea of Kaizen, <laughs> which is this Japanese word of continual improvement. And I think that's really a good example of what ritual is, what drives me, what why I don't have those moments of like, I don't want to do this anymore. Because it's really exciting to to constantly just raise the bar higher and higher and higher. And I would say the other reason why I've never had a moment of, hey, like, game over <laughs> is is my kids. It's so important for my daughters to see that I'm doing something that I love every single day and you know, I think when they're really little, you you don't know how they're going <laughs> to or if they understand why why you're not with them all the time. But as my older daughter has gotten has grown, you know, she's 7 now. She's part of ritual photo shoot. She loves going to them. She, you know, she'll go to the store with me and she's like, "Oh, where's ritual? These vitamins don't look as cool as yours." Or <laughs> Now that that is our MVP client right there. She's incredible. <laughs> yeah, and the other day she said, "I want to start a company." She's like, "But I don't want a yellow company. I want a pink company." And <laughs> So it's pretty like it's really interesting to see that, you know, the work that I'm doing, you know, as a mom, you, you, you feel this constant as a parent, you feel this constant guilt of am I with my kid too much or am I working too much or am I working too much that I'm not with my kid too much. And there's these moments when they get a little older and you realize that you're actually shaping them because they're seeing that you're doing something that you're really passionate about. And if, and especially if it's having an impact on the world on a greater level is really humbling and does not give you the opportunity to change your mind on the whole thing. You are leading the path forward for them. You're making a path clearer for them, which is no easy feat. And mom guilt is real. There are moments where you're like, I should be there. I can't be there. I don't know how to be there. But one thing I learned growing up with a mom who's always working, she showed up for me in different ways and also made me a desk right next to her desk. So whenever she was yelling at someone, I was right there. It, it shows. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it, it makes an impact. It makes a real difference. What does the landscape look like for ritual moving forward? Moving forward, there's already, let's, let's move back a little bit. There's so much <laughs> that I'm 
So I love, I love to go back before I go forward. Absolutely. I, there's so much that I'm already so proud of at Ritual. We've had over a million customers to date. We have one of the leading prenatal vitamins in the U.S. Uh, A few years ago, we surpassed nine figures in revenue. And I'm just so proud of that to know that, that people trust us for their foundational health. It means nothing more. The vision of the company is to be the most trusted brand for everyday health. And we're well on our way. The future for us is not just creating best in class products, is really setting a new standard in the supplement industry. And things like the certificate of traceability, things like certifications, clinical studies, and testing these are the things that really change the industry. And on top of that, at Ritual, the future for us is advocacy. And I'm really excited about advocacy because it means that we're not just investing in our products and the quality of our products, but it means that we're changing the industry so that everyone can have access to better products and better ingredients and better health. Absolutely. That's a, that's a beautiful mission statement that I have no doubt that you'll be able to make happen because you do not take no for an answer. Thank you. You're so encouraging. (laughs) Um, so that being said, any final words for everyone listening? It's as cliche as it is. I think that if you're starting a business, really follow your passion. As you said, there are, there are really tough moments and, and sometimes people want to give up, but you don't want to give up on something that you are so intertwined with and that you deeply believe in. And I think for me at Ritual, that's why, you know, we, I've been in this for a while and, and I'm really committed to, to the next chapter. And so is our team. Absolutely. Thank you so much for being here today. I'm grateful and I know the audience is grateful and they will continue to follow your journey as you grow. Thanks for having me. Stay tuned for the next episode.